Good evening, Dumelange, and welcome to episode 155 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Monday edition of the Private you've had a great weekend you're well rested you're able to also catch up on any of the old episodes that you have missed out on and we also brought you the developers show over the weekend with chad i do hope that you enjoyed that particular show well it is of course uh monday we're all ready to talk about the you know all things relating to property and this evening we're talking about something that you know a lot of us as landlords need to be uh, thinking about, and I know a lot of landlords are already thinking about it because I've had a number of conversations with different, uh, you know, landlords, not just in Joburg, but in different parts of the country. And also, if you're looking to become a landlord, so you might perhaps be looking at taking advantage of the historically low interest rates and want to go into property. This is something that you need to you know, be able to think about and have a very intimate understanding of, because sometimes people want to, you know, say property, 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 uh, you know, it's a great asset class, go invest in it, but without really helping you understand what the numbers mean and how you should be thinking about, um, you know, the numbers and how you're going to be getting some of the rental yields that you may want to get. And so if you're certainly, you know, a landlord or looking to be a landlord, you want to better understand uh, what kind of rental you're going to be collecting. This is the episode for you. We're going to be looking at how to make sure your rental rates are just right. A lot of people, you know, have dreams of having a property portfolio that earns them what a lot of people call a passive income. We're really going to be even unpacking how passive this passive income is or whether or not there's a bit of work that goes behind it and I'm sure a lot of landlords are probably thinking listen there's no such thing as a passive income uh, when it comes to property because even they themselves have to put in a bit of work but before we get started with our conversation this evening you know we love running competitions we didn't get a winner uh, last week because people were not online and I'm going to urge everybody at home that if you want to make sure that you walk away with that 500 grand cash price you have to be online when we uh, announce who the lucky winner is because that is how you get to claim the prize so we will be announcing the winners of the 500 grand cash prize for the competition that we have been running here on the private property podcast so do look forward to that later on in the show and remember you have to be live uh, and to be able to raise your hand and make yourself seen in order for you to walk away with that 500 grand cash prize while you might be watching us on facebook on instagram or on youtube welcome to the private property podcast i'm at zamandunga underscore on your twitter uh, profile so do make sure that you're able to go on there if you want to engage on everything property related and this evening one thing that we are exploring and i'm joined by somebody who needs no introduction uh, here on the private property podcast we've had her on the show before and i'm so glad that she was able to make time uh, for us for this particular competition because this, i mean this particular topic because this is a woman who'd be able to take us through this because this is what she does all day and that is of course uh, shanaz trithowi who is the ceo at rent master shanaz good evening and thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and have a conversation with you about it. As you say, we do this every day and I'm so excited to share um, what I go through every day. And at least if, if the landlords can walk away with some, some knowledge to empower them, I'd be very happy about that. So thanks for inviting me. You know, Shanaz, I think before we even get to whether or not people are categorizing their 
um, whether they are charging rather the right rental rates for the types of properties that they have. Let's perhaps look at the different categories of like the rental brackets that we typically you know, find and how the industry generally categorizes them. Because I think there's always something interesting about looking at which price point um, you know, a particular property is at, the type of tenant that would go for a property in that particular price point. Where are we right now uh, when it comes to that? So when we look at the industry, we really analyze it in about seven categories. You're looking at rental that we see uh, as under 3,000, three to 5,000 rand, um, five to seven, um, seven to 12, 12 to 15,000, these are thousands, um, 12 to 15,000 rand, which would be um, charged in rental, 15 to 25,000, and then 25,000 rand uh, rental per month. Each one of those categories is reflective of uh, rental per month. And it, as you said, it's very important for us to understand how these brackets work because it's indicating the income sensitivity that the various different tenants have. It will help us also understand that you have different behaviors uh, from the different tenants um, given those rental bans. And they certainly uh, affect, it affects their affordability depending on how their income is hit. You, you actually just mentioned something there, Ashnaz, that part of the reason why it's important to be able to almost categorize the, the various rental price points is because it gives us a sense of the tenant's income sensitivity. What exactly do you mean by that? Okay, so let, let's take, for instance, the under 3,000 Rand. So in terms of what we're seeing, we'll just say income sensitivity with um, 3,000 Rand rental, you're looking at a bracket of individuals and tenants that are renting, but they don't necessarily have access to savings. The threshold to take on crisis means that they either can or they can't pay rent. When you go through the different brackets, you start seeing certain have a different option in terms uh, of Sorry, Shanaz, I'm just going to ask you to repeat that. I lost you there for a moment. And so I'm not sure if uh, viewers at home also lost you. Uh, so you were just saying that, you know, if we look at, for example, the under 3,000 uh, bad, those people would, for example, not be able to have access to savings. So that's the last bit that I was able to get from you. Sure. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. So let me just go through that again. So when you look at the different rental bands and we take the 3000 Rand, we look at individuals that have certain income brackets. Okay. And so what happens is we typically see tenants that have or rent in that bracket. They either can pay their rent or they can't. Because in that situation, how much disposable income do they have either to recover from a crisis or to deal with, um, with um, an emergency? And how much savings do they have? Whereas as you go up the various different rental brackets, you're dealing with individuals that have access to more disposable income and they can make different choices, different expenditure and spending choices. Are they saving? 
Are they able to afford certain rents or even have a certain option to go from just say a 15,000 Rand rental and downscale into a 12,000 Rand rental? So when we look at the market and we look at a distressed market um, where people are facing financial stress, you, you see what they call a fragile um, market with the under 3,000. How how hard they are hit. And those in landlords that own property in that bracket, they would find that they're particularly hard hit. Similarly with the over 25,000, which are high income earners that potentially are downscaling from whatever industry they in that has been particularly hard hit. Mm. You know, Shanaz, I'm actually just, I'm interested to find out from you what kind of trends you're seeing with the um, kind of middle class, right? I mean, we have so many conversations about the, the, the middle class in South Africa, and I know that sometimes it's such a contested um, term because with people saying we're all just one paycheck away from poverty, but when you look at the rental trends and the ability for people who we typically classify as the middle class, perhaps if we could categorize it from that 5,000, maybe up to about eight or 10,000 rands um, bracket, what kind of trends are you seeing um, with renters in that, in that band? So if I look at our particular market and the, and the portfolio that we carry, I can have a look and I can see our average rental is about 6,800. We're looking at, and if you look at the tenant and the rental market as a whole, we're looking at the average rental being um, the sweet spot really being between seven to 12,000 Rand. And you're looking at sectional title and the average age in our book is, is about 34. Um, years of age, as well as if you look at the most popular uh, tenant market, looking between 30 and 34, with a close second being in age group from 25 to 30. Um, and what's appealing over there is that you're looking at, as you're saying, the, the, the income generation of this growing middle class and they, and this tenant market wanting to uplift and create wealth and create better homes for their families and entering that market. Of course, what we're also seeing is that there's vast competition because with vacancies rising and there being a flooding in the past two years of, of, of sectional title onto the, onto the market, um, there's competition in the vacancy. So people, landlords need to make their properties, especially between the seven and 12,000 category, a lot more attractive. Um, people, it's tenants market at the moment and people are spoiled for choice. Tenants are spoiled for choice. So they certainly can trade off what they could get perhaps a year ago for something bigger and better, just because right now they can choose that. They can end one lease and upscale themselves for the same price to, to another bigger and better property. Um, of course, also with the dropping of, of the prime rate, what we can see is that lending becomes more of a potential for them. So how are they becoming primary homeowners? So landlords need to be aware of the fact that um, certainly that category of individuals that we're looking at that are they market, we need to understand what choices they face in order for landlords to respond in a way to make their properties more attractive and marketable. Mm. So then, you know, Shanaz, how do we then um, you know, go about determining the right price point? Because 
you probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure viewers at home, some of them are either currently landlords or aspiring landlords, or you've just bought that rental property. And a lot of times some people would probably go on privateproperty.co.za and look at what other landlords are, you know, have advertised in terms of the price point. But that isn't necessarily the best way to get a sense of whether you'd be able to collect that money. So how should we as landlords be thinking of what to charge for our rental, especially given that, uh, you know, as you're saying, a lot of the renters right now are spoiled for choice. The market isn't where it was a year ago. We're also not seeing double digit um, rent escalation. So how should we be thinking about setting that right price point where we're almost going to be guaranteed that not only will we get a quality tenant, but we'll get a quality tenant that, that will be able to pay that amount uh, for the duration of the lease? Sure. So, Zama, I mean, that's, that, that is uh, a magic pull. If I could give you a formula and tell you this, if you use this, this is the perfect price. This is going to get you what you want. Um, Look, everybody would want that, right? Every landlord would definitely uh, want that pill. <laughs> and if I had a penny for everyone that actually used that, I'd be, I'd be super wealthy. However, I think that's a very, very complex question. And I'm just going to unpack it a bit, okay? Because there is the inception price, meaning when I say when you start out, okay? And then there is the ongoing monitoring. So let's just start at what do landlords perceive? What do they start out wanting? A landlord starts out wanting what they perceive as passive income. They want to say, look, I've got an opportunity I can buy a property and what that's going to earn me is going to earn me some level of wealth. They, they, they take, they're taking an investment decision. They, uh, they have an investment strategy. I've got shares, I've got retirement, and now I've got property and I feel secure in that. And at that point, it would be very good for them to understand what can they afford to pay their overhead should they not have a tenant. That is a very real a question and that's a reality check because I can assure you that in our industry and what we do every day is talk to landlords to help them understand that sometimes having a vacant property and the cost of that far outweighs having not a quality tenant in there. Having a tenant that they desperately want in there because the vacant property alarms them only to have more costs to get someone to move out and the loss of income. So typically you want to understand your cost because that's going to be the cash outflow. You want to understand what would the cost of the bond be because you don't want a declining credit score because yeah. you yourself are defaulting. You want to understand your overhead, meaning your utilities, should you need to pay that without a tenant um, settling it. And of course your levies or any additional third party payments, that would make up your base. Um, certainly a landlord would want to make a profit on that. In this current market, um, it is challenging to get that uh, because of the fact that you have competition. So let's just start at the base. Then what you want to do is you want to make sure you have feedback, right? And that's where your suggestion of saying, what are others in my market doing? What what are others advertising for? 
who is my competition? And I must tell you, and I'm going to actually advocate something that uh, one of our strategic partners uh, produces, and that's the TPN Investor Report. And that has this amazing rental index. And what it does is based on the suburb that you're in, you can determine who your, what your competition is, how many others are in that area and what the rental, the trending rental index is. It gives you quite a good um, pricing index for, for what you're putting out there and advertising. And of course, for instance, the clients that work with us, when they provide us applications, we can immediately give them feedback and say, look, what you're asking right now, we need to have a negotiation about that because in the current market, there's an adjustment process happening. The adjustment is of landlords having to adjust their expectations and they don't want to get themselves in a bind because they've got a fixed cost base of the bond. And there's the affordability of tenants wanting a certain lifestyle but can they in actual fact afford it without getting themselves into trouble? And it's a balancing act in negotiation. So you really need to work with trusted advisors on that to put yourself in a strong position. Mm. So now we're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be taking questions and comments from viewers at home. And I also want us to pick up on this notion of, you know, the passive income, because as you've already, uh, you know, highlighted to us that there is quite a bit of work that still needs to go into uh, making sure that you essentially get this income. And more often than not, we tend to get this perception when it comes to property that you get a passive income. You don't have to work as much, but I can guarantee you, there probably isn't a landlord that would agree to that, myself included. So we will be exploring more of those and, of course, your questions and comments. We're also going to be giving away three 500 grand cash prizes to three lucky viewers. I'm going to tell you uh, just after the break what question we asked. Uh, as you know, we did post a new one on our Facebook page. We will be back just after this. Welcome back to episode 155 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzama Dungwa Kumalo. This evening, we're talking about something that a lot of landlords always complain about. And we want to better understand what the right rental price point is and how you should go about thinking about this. Uh, I think if anything, a lot of us at home, if you're a landlord, you probably wanted to buy that property, earn a passive income and think to yourself, this is going to be the right investment for my retirement. 
retirement only to find out that perhaps you're not getting the kind of rental yield that you, you know, initially wanted. You're realizing that this passive income isn't as passive as you previously thought. Well, that's some of what we're going to be unpacking this evening. And if you are a landlord and perhaps struggling with thinking through the right price point for your property, do share with us how you're going about thinking about it. Um, you know, are you right now thinking, look, I probably won't be able to do double digit rental escalation um, and I may have to even maybe reduce rental for a new tenant who's going to be coming on in order for me to be able to get some income in and probably weather this financial storm that we're finding ourselves in. Have you found yourself in a situation like that where you probably have to make those kinds of decisions? Do let us know uh, down here below. And of course, before we get back to our guests this evening, we are running a competition. We weren't able to get um, some winners on the tail end of last week. We were giving away money every single day last week. Well, we're bringing it again this week. Uh, I also know that it's payday week for a lot of people. It's going to be Black Friday week. So we thought, you know what, let's actually extend it just slightly. Now, one of the big things that we're celebrating here on the private property part, um, certainly on private property rather, is having half a million of you liking our Facebook page. And so really is a big community that is increasingly growing. And to celebrate our increasing numbers and the community that we're in, we've asked you to share with us uh, and there we go. This is what working from home uh, does. Windows open, got all sorts of things flying about. And one of the things that we, you know, want, we've certainly asked from you is to share with us your biggest milestone or achievement. Uh, and you can even share your pictures to accompany that particular story. And we'll be giving away uh, 500 grand cash to the lucky winners. And remember the big T, T and C when it comes to this competition is you have to be watching us live in order to be able to claim the prize. Uh, we're going to be announcing those three lucky winners um, later on. And I do hope that they are watching live so that they'll be able to claim their prize. Uh, and from tomorrow onwards, if we're able to give away all three uh, prizes today, we're going to be going back to giving away one. We had to roll it over and I did promise that we're going to roll it over last week. Now back to our conversation with Chanaz. I mean, Chanaz, I did say before the break that we're certainly realizing that rental pricing, especially right now, probably isn't an exact science. Would you, would you say that? Completely. Um, I would love, as I said earlier, to give a formula. It's, it's so far from an exact science. And what, we, what we're seeing is that we start with the base. We start with the financial base. And then when you've got the experience of, for instance, like our team, the Rentmaster team, we work with it every day. What you start bringing in is the, uh, the identification of all of these risk factors that you see coming through or indicators of risk. And what we can do and what we do every day is we step in to help landlords make decisions um, and change their strategies in order to get collection uh, from their tenants and understand whether they do have the, the best quality tenant in their property. So we work very closely with them and those conversations are crucial um, because what we're encountering is you know, if I, if I have to look at a macroeconomic um, situation here, you've got a decline in employment. 13% um, you've got a decline in employment. People need to eat. They need roofs over their heads. They're going to find ways to become either self-employed, um, start businesses, become contractors, um, have ad hoc 
um, employment, and, and that has to be factored in into an affordability scale. And we look at it and we scrutinize it. We have a look and see what are the spending uh, behaviors? What is the average income? Do we have time to actually have a look and see over the year through all of these bank statements? Are people able to actually afford what they're stating they can afford? Um, I can assure you a tenant wants to put their best foot forward. They really do. And I believe that they have good intention. Um, and good intention when faced with crisis and a difficult choice um, when it comes to their finances, something gives. And unfortunately, in these situations, the landlord can't be the one that becomes the individual that's financing a tenant's misfortune. It has mm -hmm. to be that the, that the landlord must go on with getting the return on investment while the tenant continues to deliver on their obligation. So that's what we work with every single day. And it becomes rather complex when we have to look at not a straightforward payslip and I've been employed in 10 years, for 10 years at the same place. And it's as clear cut as that. Mm. We are taking your questions and comments at home on this particular topic, whether you're a landlord who wants to better understand the different ways that you should be thinking of the, the right way to set your rental, especially right now, because I think a lot of people, you know, might be excitedly buying property or a property because they want to take advantage of the historically low interest rates, but don't have an intimate understanding of how to be thinking through the rental collection and the amount of rent that you're able to charge. And so if you are struggling with this particular one, or still thinking through it, then do send through your questions and comments. Uh, we've got a question here from Facebook. It's coming from Delano Skultz who asks, um, hi, private property, if interest, if interest rates goes up, my bond premium will also go up. Can I ask my agents to increase the rent so that I can pay my bond? So that's a, that's a challenging question. Um, what we've got is we've got landlords that are currently de-escalating. They have negative uh, rental growth. Um, what you have is you've got tenants that have a, they're spoiled for choice. So right now, one needs to understand what is your base rental and what is your base bond and how much space you have. You've got to factor in a bit of leeway for yourself as a landlord. Any lease agreement can be renegotiated. Any lease agreement, given the clauses and the agreement and the terms, one can institute changes, right? Given the tenant and the landlord are both in agreement. However, when a tenant is a good quality tenant in your property, is paying and is spoiled for choice. To push that further means that one needs to understand how you're going to compromise perhaps your position of having someone occupy your property. Definitely tenants come to landlords more often and speak about affordability. I believe landlords need to be very careful about um, singularly and from a one-sided point of view, increasing rent um, this is definitely a discussion that landlords and tenants are having um, more these days because of the fact that landlords cannot increase and escalate rental um, just based on, on their own rising costs, firstly, 
And secondly, based on just in the lease agreement, there is an escalation clause. This is a point of negotiation. We've got another question here from Facebook. This one is coming from who asks, what are the indicators of risk? So firstly, when we look at um, tenants, we look at them upfront. So we look at affordability, we look at the history of payments, we look at the bank statements to see how have they prioritized their rental payment. You want to have a tenant that understands that rental is an obligation that like a credit card needs to be paid. Um, people tend to view them differently because of the repercussions. They perceive that the repercussions, uh, that they're not going to be seen, that they can push the boundary, that they've got grace periods. One needs to see how serious are they having a look at paying their rent on time because that's their obligation. Secondly, one needs to have a look at their affordability you also have to have a look at which industry are they working in, because certain industries are harder hit by economic distress than others. You also have to have a look at the manner in which they earn their income. Are they a contractor? Are they a commission earner? Are they uh, getting sales commission? Are they a fixed earner? Are they paid per hour? There's a whole range of ways people can earn income, including being self-employed, which is could be seasonal could be uh, in construction, could be contract-based. So we look at the quality of income. Then that is at the outset. Um, how many people are party to that lease? Are they double income or single income? And then we go into what you were talking about, about passive income. Once you've signed someone on, everyone would like to think we go off into the sunset and we completely happy because it's in a document and that's what needs to happen. And unfortunately, people do not schedule their crises like their retrenchments or their medical emergency according to the end of a lease agreement. It happens through the tenure of that lease agreement. And so what we see is that by having active monitoring, and that's the level of activity. If you have equity or um, shares, you monitor the markets. Similarly, you have to monitor your tenants suddenly you have a judgment or a default and you start seeing that they're defaulting on their credit card. You start seeing that they're having another blacklisting. Uh, perhaps then you engage and see that they had a retrenchment or a reduction. You see these things through active engagement and experience. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what you're looking for on an ongoing basis. We've got a comment here from YouTube, uh, Lindy Wemakaya saying, uh, it's really a tough one for determining the right rental price. And uh, another one here on Facebook coming from Umata Shingang is saying, it's, a tough, it's tough out there. We got the wrong tenant and have been struggling ever since the start of the lease. Vetting in the townships is a bit challenging. Um, and perhaps I'll, I'll put a question to Shinaz, you know, are you finding that the manner in which you vet tenants in you know, suburban areas versus in townships, is it you know, any different? Because I do know that there is that perception that it's slightly more difficult for tenants, uh, for landlords who are operating in townships when it comes to them vetting their tenants. So at Rentmaster, are you still using the same system to be vetting uh, both suburban yeah. and township um, uh, applicants? 
Yes, Rentmaster is an agent. So what we do is we ensure that everything from a landlord and a tenant perspective is compliant. What that means is that we've got to have a look at FICA. We've got to look at compliance. We've got to look at lease agreements. Everyone that's party to this has to be uh, above board, which means that what we're doing is that we have to vet everyone equitably. Uh, we are looking at properties that are registered uh, uh, at a deeds level and we and we vet ownership even from a landlord perspective when we have a look at their banking details we make sure everyone is above board um, and, and compliant with fika which we do on a regular basis even at a renewal stage because things change when we look at the tenant we look at affordability and we even get to the extent when p when individuals do not have pay slips we need to verify that employment we need to verify that income relative to what they're stating. If they produce an affidavit from the employer, however it may be, whether in suburbia that they are renting and they don't have pay slips because the employer doesn't have an accounting package or whether they're receiving their salary in cash because that's what the employer prefers to pay. We receive that affidavit, then we're going to look at their bank statement. We have to verify that against a bank statement because what we do for our landlords is that their rent is via, uh, collected via debit order and we put it straight into the landlord's bank account. So we do, we, we perform these checks across all rental types, all tenants uh, across the board. Uh, we all need to function and be compliant uh, in that respect. Um, and I'm going to ask this last one. Um, this one is coming through from uh, an, one of our other viewers on Facebook. It is who's, who's come back and has said, um, you know, how can one guarantee that the tenant can afford the rental? One can earn 15000 but still not afford 5000 rental because of poor financial management or commitment. So, so we know that affordability is there. Yeah. Uh, but then it's still not necessarily a guarantee that they'll meet rent. So that's part of how we analyze it. We have a look at their discretionary spend. We have a look at what they're expecting to pay. And we have an algorithm, we're system driven. So we are going to start with the basis of an algorithm that gives us an indication based on their other payments. Because remember a person's profile is made up of both their rental payments and their other installment payments, plus what they're paying in terms of discretionary. All of that combined gives us an indication of their level of affordability. At that point in time, we work with our landlords and we want to give them um, some suggestions because they should be in the best position, both the tenant and the landlord. And we say, should you want to be in this property, we need a co-lessor um, to share this a rental instalment or we need a surety because at certain points in time, people feel that they don't have choices. They have to have that property and yet their affordability doesn't uh, provide for that. So what are the alternatives? A co-lessor, um, as well as in certain cases, you can contract in your surety. So the legal ways that we can provide to landlords in order for them to negotiate it differently. Um, and, and of course, have a look at the income from a holistic point of view. So, so tenants can um, be provided certain solutions. You know, Shanaz, before I let you go, because I think this is one of those topics that we probably have to come back to because we're seeing that the market, uh, if anything, 
you're going to realize that more or certainly more landlords may realize that they do need to either keep their rent the same or perhaps um, decrease their rentals. So this is something that I know we're going to be picking up in the new year because the, the nature of how COVID-19 is affecting a lot of individuals certainly is getting a bit worse and worse. So we're going to have to see where the industry is going to be at um, in the first quarter of 2021. But before I let you go, any final tips, uh, especially to landlords during this period when it comes to determining what the sweet spot in terms of their, um, their rental rate ought to be? So I would suggest that landlords really look at their base. They look at what they're committing themselves to. As much as a tenant can overcommit themselves and aspire to have a certain property, landlords also need to understand that should they not have um, occupancy and uh, the, the property is vacant, to not be so desperate to put someone in that property with the, with the hope that they're going to pay. So therefore have the, have the ability to pay and get the good quality tenant. Um, and, and allow yourself to work with strategic partners to help you make that decision, as well as actively monitor. If I can say anything to landlords, that it's not about get only getting things in place at the beginning. It's about constantly monitoring and being open to adjusting to the changing circumstances, open to having confidence conversations and negotiating to where you want to be so you can retain um, a good quality tenant and your investment. And that's actually such a great place to leave it at, Shanaz. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that is Shanaz Trethori, who is the CEO at Rentmaster. And if you want to get in touch with them, we have shared their contact details uh, down here below. Perhaps you want to use some of their services to rent out your property. Well, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we will be announcing the three lucky winners of that 500 Rand cash price. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. Well, it's that time of the evening where we get to give away uh, money to some lucky viewers at home. And you know at home that I absolutely love giving away cash. Uh, and I always say that one day we'll probably give away a house, which would be, uh, which I know is going to be quite interesting and fun for a lot of you. But this week we're giving away three 500 grand cash prizes on today's episode. And then for the rest of the week, we'll be giving away 500 grand 
in cash. I see Rejoice Mashaba um, saying, I was, um, that was an informative session indeed. Thank you very much there, Rejoice. We do hope that the landlords have enjoyed this one, uh, or even the prospective landlords, because we really do need to start thinking through um, how we're setting our, you know, price, our, our rental prices and understanding where the rest of the market is when it comes to that. And sometimes perhaps if you find that the numbers are still not quite making sense for you, maybe not going for that second bond or third bond or adding, you know, additional properties into your property portfolio. Well, to get to the competition giveaway, we did of course run a fresh one on our Facebook page. Remember the only place where you're able to enter the competition is on our Facebook page. And we wanted to know, uh, you know, what has been a big milestone for you and do share that with us and you could even accompany it with a picture and this is because we are also celebrating a big milestone which is having half a million of you on our facebook page and it's half a million and growing so we want to reach that 1 million rand mark in the months to come. And the first potential winner of this particular competition, remember you have to be watching us live and raise your hand in the event where you are live and that's the only way that you're able to claim the prize. And the first potential lucky winner is Michelle Bolmarans, uh, who wrote Private Property, my best moment uh, was the day that I became a mommy to my beautiful daughter, Leanne. Uh, she brings light where there is darkness. She keeps me sane and she lets me fight even though I sometimes feel like I can't do it for her. And that is from Michelle Bolmarans uh, with an incredible picture there of the day that she gave birth to her beautiful baby girl. So Michelle, I'm going to give her a minute to come back to us and see whether she is in fact watching us live in order for her to be able to claim that fight. 500 rand cash price. Remember this evening we're going to be giving away three 500 rand cash prices because we are rolling over from last week. Uh, you know, last week, Thursday and Friday, we didn't have the lucky winners present with us, so we rolled it over. We do hope that we'll be able to give away all three 500 rand cash prices today, and then we're back to regular programming from tomorrow, where we'll be giving away one 500 rand cash prize throughout the rest of the week. So to Michelle Bolmarans, we are waiting to hear whether you are present uh, here on the Private Property Podcast, so you can walk away with that 500 rand cash prize. And to our viewers at home, I must urge you, if you're going to be entering the competition, do make sure that you, you know, watch us live and you wait until the very end of the podcast so that you can uh, find out if you're going to be the lucky winner. And I see Michelle is indeed uh, watching us live and saying, wow, thank you very much, Private Property. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much this means to me. Uh, so congratulations there to Michelle. She walks away with that 500 grand cash prize. I think there's something about Monday because I remember even last week Monday uh, we gave away that 1,000 rand cash price and the winner was there and they were alert. Uh, so let's see if our second potential winner is also uh, watching us and is present. And the second potential winner is Ubu Dumelo Skyler. And uh, Dumelo has written, when I first registered for my diploma in public management, I never thought I will end up adding another year to get a BTEC in public management. This qualification came at a time when I was still healing from not being able to finish my diploma in marketing due to financial difficulties. My mom was going through since she was one of she, since she was the one who was paying for my studies with her domestic worker salary. After I had to come home empty-handed to look for a job and help with my other siblings, my mom told me to never give up on my studies. Uh, it all depends on me. I worked as an admin clerk and every little cent 
uh, not spent, I saved towards my qualification. In 2002, when I got a permanent employment, the first thing I did was use my savings for registration since I didn't qualify for a bursary because of being on probation. I had to use my bonus and remaining savings to pay for my studies. Thanks to my mom, I never gave up on getting a qualification. Uh, hashtag milestone, hashtag your space, your rules. And she's you know, posted a picture uh, with this particular one of her during her graduation. And that is Ubutumelo Skala. I love this post, Ubutumelo. I do hope you're watching us. We're going to give you a moment to get back to us uh, to, in order for you to be able to claim that 500 rand cash price. And that's such a great one because I think so many of us you know, have stories of how we had to remain resilient uh, in, in when we were faced with difficult times. And if anything, this is quite a big milestone. I think being able to finish your studies, uh, whether it's undergrad or postgrad studies, and, you know, especially when you've had financial difficulties or other difficulties along the way, uh, you're able to, you ultimately feel quite proud of yourself for the achievement. So that one was from Ubitumelo Skyler. Uh, we're going to give her a quick moment to see if she is here. Uh, and in order for her to be able to claim that 500 rand cash prize. And remember, if you want to potentially walk away with that 500 rand cash prize, all you have to do is to let us know what has been a big milestone in your life. Uh, and we want to certainly hear from you. You can even share uh, your particular picture as you write the post about that big milestone. And of course, this is given how we are also celebrating here at Private Property, a very big milestone on our and that is having 500,000 of you on our Facebook page. And so we really do uh, appreciate all of you at home. And we're going to be counting down to reaching that 1 million Rand mark. And as we wait for Bidimela Skala, I'm going to give her the last few seconds to see if she's here and present. I'm going to wait for one of my colleagues to let me know um, that Bidimela is indeed here. And we're going to see whether or not um, she'll be able to walk away with that prize. And I've just gotten word, unfortunately, Ubutumala with that incredible post is not uh, watching us live here on the Private Property Podcast. So we're going to have to move to the last potential winner of that 500 Rand cash prize. Remember, you have to be watching, you have to be present. If you know you've entered, then you definitely want to make sure you stay tuned because you might just be the lucky winner of that 500 Rand cash prize. And this one is coming uh, from... Anida Sako Peku, apologies if I'm not pronouncing your surname correctly. Uh, that is that is Anida Sako Peku, and they've written the best moment of my life was the day my son came home to his forever home. Adoption is beautiful. What an emotional, proud, and blessed moment it was when we got home with him and introduced him to our home, a place where he will forever be celebrated, loved, cared, and cherished. It will forever be the best day. And now we continue to make beautiful memories hashtag uh, private property hashtag milestone congratulations uh, to private property Anita I absolutely love that post and you know thank you so much for sharing it with us I'm sure that you and your family are probably really enjoying that new home and enjoying having a new member to that uh, to your family and we're going to give Anita a few uh, I'll give her a minute or two to be able to raise her hand and stand a chance of course of walking away with that 500 rand cash prize. Remember, the really big thing about this competition is you have to be watching us live in order for you to be able to stand a chance to win. There's no way around this one. You have to be live and you know, raise your hand. We all see it. And that's how you get to claim your prize. It really is that simple. So entering alone is no 
not enough, you also have to be watching us live in order to be able to win this particular one. I'm going to give her another minute. I'm also waiting for you know one of my colleagues to let me know whether she is indeed watching us live here on the private property podcast. And while we wait for Anita, I think you know just to give you a sense of what you can expect on our show tomorrow evening. Uh, you know tomorrow is going to be such an incredible uh, show, and I do hope that a lot of you at home are you know quite excited about it. it's going to be the Tuesday edition. Going to have episode 156 of the Private Property Podcast, and this one is going to be: Is your property not selling? Here are five reasons and remedies. I'm going to be in conversation with Unondumi Somtwa, who's the CEO of Indwala Property Group. So if you're currently, you know, you've placed your property for sale, you've probably posted it up on privateproperty.co.za, but it isn't selling, well, you certainly do not want to miss tomorrow's episode because we will be exploring some of the potential reasons why it's not selling and how you can remedy uh, those reasons. Because I'm sure a lot of people right now also looking at selling. We have said that it's a buyer's market. We're seeing quite a lot of stock on the market. And so if you are a seller right now and you're not getting the kinds of offers that you're looking for, perhaps you're not even getting uh, as many people viewing your property as as you would probably like, then do make sure that you are tuned into tomorrow's episode. And I think we're going to see, I'm just still waiting for my colleague to let me know if, um, if, if our, if Anita is in fact online and watching us live and we'll see if she is, and then we'll be able to um, either have probably roll over the 1,000 rand uh, to tomorrow. And I think the big thing with this one, as you've probably figured out, we want to give away this money. You know, there's a part of me that thinks maybe people don't want to quite get this money. We want to give it away. And all you have to do in order to stand a chance is not only answer the great competition about what big milestone have you reached. Uh, and in the and after you have reached that milestone, of course, do share it here with us and then make sure that you are watching live on air in order to be able to watch, um, in order to be able rather to win that particular um, 500 rand cash price. Well, I do see that Anita, unfortunately, is not online with us. Um, apparently, she's she's left the live. She was watching, uh, but of course, you have to be live and be able to claim in order to walk away with that 500 rand cash price. So I'm going to move this over to tomorrow, uh, and we'll see if we get away with this one. Uh, and of course, if you want to enter, we are only running this competition on our Facebook page. So do make sure that you go on over to our Facebook page in order to be able to um, claim your particular prize after entering. Well, we're going to leave it there uh, from myself, Zamandung Kumalo, and the rest of the Private Property Podcast team. We're back on the screens tomorrow evening. Uh, you definitely do not want to miss that episode, and we will be exploring what are some of the things that you could be potentially doing wrong if you're selling your property and how you can fix them if you want to make sure that your property is sold. Well, that's it from us. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Monday edition of the Private Property Podcast. We're back on your screen tomorrow at 7 p.m. And as usual, hoping you're staying home and staying safe.
Hi, I'm Julia Chen. I'm a restaurateur living in the Cape Town City Bowl. My restaurant, Hallelujah, is situated right in the heart of the city. Over the last few years, the influx of young professionals has created so many new and exciting things to see and do. The rejuvenation of the city has been something really special to experience. There are some really beautiful suburbs in our neighborhood. Nestled below the iconic Table Mountain lies the Ranezik and Tamburskloof, filled with unique and beautiful homes. There's such a young vibe in the city, with an incredible blend of diverse cultures catering to everybody's desire. Within the city, there are so many genuine and passionate people, and you'll find them in places like the Woodstock Exchange. Offering everything from handcrafted works of art to a culinary experience hard to forget. For those who enjoy the outdoors, Lion's Head and Table Mountain are phenomenal places to explore. Living in the City Bowl has definitely given me my dream lifestyle, and this is my neighborhood.